Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about The Lincoln Highway by Amor Towles. Towles. I don't know, I didn't look up how to say his name. But he is a very famous author because he also wrote The Gentleman in Moscow, which even I have heard of. Which, I mean, that sounds weird because I have this book podcast. You would think I would have heard of a lot of books. But, you know, he is an author who writes the next great American novels. And this truly was a next great American novel. And if you're a longtime listener of my podcast, then you might know that I don't typically read things like this. I don't read a lot of literary fiction, and I especially don't read things that typically that are the next great American novel, getting all in your feels and being all literature Even though I enjoy literature, when I, like to, when I read, I like to escape and I like to have fun. And that typically, I'm getting that in the romance genre and fantasy, sometimes in YA, things like that. So this was a step outside of my comfort zone, but this was one of my October book of the month picks, along with the X-Hex, which I talked about before. But it just seemed really interesting to me, so I decided to pick it up, even though it was a bit outside of my usual. And I'm so glad I did, because I really, really enjoyed it, and I would definitely recommend it to all of you. I will say it is almost 600 pages long, though, so you just need to know that going in. So I'm going to be talking about this book today. It is kind of a journey quest sort of story, and I'll talk about that as well, where um, Emmett has just been released basically from Juvie in the 1950s. I think it's 1954, and he and his brother are going to go to California and start their life over. His brother's eight. He's 18, but two of his friends from wherever this place in Kansas that they were all in have snuck out. And, like, hitched a ride in the back of the car when Emmett's being driven home by, like, the guy in charge of the place. And they want to go to New York and steal Wooly, one of the two's trust fund, and split between them. It becomes an adventure quest journey story. And it's really good. It was a lot of fun. So I'm going to be talking about this book today. This is my first time recording in quite some time. As you may or may not be aware, the episodes before this were in the League of Extraordinary Women series, and those episodes were recorded back in September in the beginning of October, so that was a long time ago, and before that was the Finch Merlin Halloween special, which I hope you all enjoyed. If you didn't, go listen to it. It was so much fun. I had a lot of fun recording and editing it, and I hope you guys had a good time listening, but I haven't really recorded in a while, and this is a 600-page book, so... There's a lot to talk about. I'm going to try and do a quick plot summary. It's going to be a lot more vague than usual because if I try to go into my usual detail, I could spend the entire episode just telling you what the plot is. And while I would enjoy that, I don't know if you would enjoy that. So I'm going to try and do my best. But before we get into that, two things first. Spoiler warning, I'm going to spoil The Lincoln Highway by more towels. So if you don't want this book to be spoiled, stop here, go listen to it. Like I said, I would totally recommend it and then come back and listen to this episode. I have a lot to talk about and I'm really excited to get into it. The second thing is a trigger warning that there is suicide that occurs in this book. And so if that's something that is triggering for you, then this might not be the best read for you. I'm also, also, I will be talking about 
this trigger warning and suicide in general as I get into the discussion section because I have some thoughts about trigger warnings in general and the suicide and things like that. So without further ado, let's get into the plot summary. So I already told you the premise. So Emmett basically we find out about a year before there was this kid who was like Basically, Emmett and um, Billy, who's his brother, their mother ran away, basically, when Billy was just a baby. And so this kid, they were at the county fair, basically, and this kid was making fun of him and his dad, who was this farmer. He's died, so that's why Emmett's been released a few months early from his sentence. He's making fun of his dad because he was a horrible farmer. The farm's been foreclosed on, and Emmett and his brother have to leave, which is why they're going to go to California. And they're going to go to California because Billy believes that their mom is in San Francisco waiting for them. Anyways, basically this kid is like being a jerk to Emmett. And instead of just like walking away like he tries to at first, the kid keeps going. He ends up punching him. The kid falls back, hits his head on a brick and ends up dying. So that's why Emmett has to go there. So he comes back and it turns out his friends Duchess and Wooly have uh, stolen a ride. Duchess is from... New York, his dad was a traveling actor, typically doing Shakespeare, and um, we don't, he's kind of like a smooth talker, big plans, but he gets um, blinders on. And then Wooly is a trust fund kid from New York as well, and his family has a lot of money, but he's not all there. It talks frequently about his medicine that he takes, so it's clear he's taking some sort of drug probably an opioid or something like that. And he also, like, has a very childlike quality, even though he's 18 or 19 years old. And so, basically, Duchess and Wooly have cooked up this plan. They're going to go steal the trust fund because um, Wooly's brother-in-law is going to say that he's not in sound enough mind to be able to inherit it. So, they're just going to go take this... um, money from Wooly's like family's vacation home which equals them out in his trust fund and split it upon between them Emmett's like no that's illegal I'm not trying to do that I'm trying to start my life over and so me and my brother are gonna go and he's gonna flip houses basically so they're like okay we're gonna take them to the train station the next day and it's called the Lincoln Highway because Billy the Lincoln Highway is a highway that runs from basically Broadway no, Times Square in New York all the way to San Francisco, I think, in California. But it goes coast to coast. And Billy is, like, obsessed with it. And he's like, let's take our trip on the Lincoln Highway. That's what our mom did. I found these postcards, blah, blah, blah. So they're just going to drop them off at the train station and then, or the bus, yeah, the train station, and then go. However, when they leave, uh, Duchess asked them to make a pit stop at this basically like orphanage she lived in for a few years and then when Emmett goes to like find what's taking so long Duchess steals his car has Emmett or Billy sit on the side of the road and Duchess and Wooly set off on their drive to New York so Emmett's like we can't Emmett's whole three thousand dollars that he has that his dad left him is in the trunk of the car so they need to go find this car and they need the car to get to California so the two of them hitch a ride in a box car on a train to New York. So we kind of have two stories going on, and this is a book that's told from multiple point of views. There's also this woman, Sally, who's actually, I guess, a girl. I don't know. She's about the same age as Emmett, who has, like, driven them there, and she comes into play later on in the story as well. And she was looking after Billy when Emmett's father died, and he was in juvie. 
Anyway, so Duchess and Wooly drive to New York. They end up making a pit stop in Indiana where their old warden lives because Duchess has it in his mind that he needs to settle the score and, like, um, pay his debts. So he hits that man over the head with a frying pan. They make it to New York. They're trying to find Duchess's dad because it turns out that his dad lied about stealing and that's why Duchess got in jail. He was actually innocent, which is kind of crazy when you hear all the stuff about Duchess. And they meet friends. Duchess ends up settling another debt with Townhouse, who was a black kid who was also with them in Juvie. And like there was this whole debacle, doesn't really matter. And so, but then he gives Emmett's car to Townhouse's friend, which literally made me so mad. I had to set the book down and do something else for a bit. Anyways, meanwhile, Billy and Emmett are on the train car. They don't have any money. Emmett goes to like try and rustle up some food. And this Pastor John guy comes into the train car while Emmett's gone and tries to steal Billy's silver dollars and then tries to, like, kill Billy. But then, don't worry, Ulysses, a, uh, I don't know, like a 40, fit, no, like a 50-year-old black man who has been a nomad for the past eight years after going to serve in World War II and he comes back and his wife and his unborn child who is now born have disappeared and he doesn't have them anymore. So he just like roams around on the trains. Anyways, he saves Billy and the two of them end up becoming friends and Billy like entertains him with his storybook, which is a storybook with 26 chapters A through Z about different heroes. And one of them is Odysseus, a.k.a. Ulysses, you know, from the Iliad and the Odyssey, particularly the Odyssey. And so that we're seeing parallels in storytelling and whatever. So then Emmett comes back and they make their way. Emmett tries to find Duchess and then he eventually finds Townhouse and gets the car. But turns out police are turning around asking about Duchess particularly and Wooly a bit and this car. So Emmett has to leave the car with Townhouse to get a new paint job so that he doesn't get found because Duchess has left a string of people that he has beaten behind him. And they both escaped from Juvie, so, you know, they need to go back. Meanwhile, they go to Wooly's sister's house, and she's married to this guy named Dennis. I'm doing air quotes because Wooly's chapters have that. I'll talk about that later. And Dennis isn't around, and they meet the sister, Sarah, and they're kind of talking, and Wooly and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then Emmett eventually finds them at the circus and he brings Billy with them, with him when he goes. And then Duchess drugs him and leaves him with Willie's medicine and leaves him there to have a night with one of the women, which probably is a prostitute. She's probably a prostitute, but whatever. And takes Billy and they go back to the sister's house. It takes um, Emmett all day to like find where they are And when he finds them, Sally also comes there because she's driven all the way from Nebraska, which is where the story starts and where Emmett's from, to tell them that the police have been asking as well, because I didn't say this earlier, but um, when Emmett is in Nebraska before they leave, he gets beat up by the brother of the guy that he killed. And the the brother's friend is there, like, egging him on. Duchess sees that and then beats that guy up. So, like, people are on the lookout for Duchess. And um, when they leave the circus... Billy, or Duchess, like, does not like Billy for whatever reason, and Billy's storybook that I mentioned earlier was written by this professor, Professor Abacus, and it says, like, where he is in this, in the Empire State Building. So they go in, and uh, Duchess thinks he's going to teach Billy a lesson, like, ha, 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 this guy's not real, whatever, but they do find the professor. Billy tells the professor about Ulysses. They end up meeting, like, 
all this stuff about storytelling is really like part of the story. And then Emmett finds them the next day with Sally. And then they have like this one perfect day. And then the next morning, Duchess and Willie get up and they drive to um, the Adrianax, where wherever this like vacation house is to go get this money. And Emmett is like, okay, where he goes to pick up his car and they're going to leave. But then before he's like, we have to find William Duchess because people are like, give Duchess the benefit of the doubt. His life is sucked. But also Tanas warns him like, you got to be careful. He'll suck you in because he doesn't have peripheral vision. You know, he's got the tunnel vision. And so they go. And so Wooly realize when they get there, Duchess is like, what is the code to the safe? And Wooly's like, I don't know. And then he goes upstairs and he ends up taking a lot of his sister's pills that he like got from the house and he commits suicide, which really came out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming. And I'll talk about that later in the discussion section. And then Duchess is like pounding away, trying to get into it. Emmett shows up and he tried to leave Billy with Sally at the hotel, but Billy comes along as well, and um, Emmett's like, there was no money, can't you see, because he finds Willie's body, and he's like, can't you see that Willie just wanted to come home, right, and he wanted to, like, die, and Duchess is like, yes, there is, yes, there is, you need to help me, and Emmett's like, no, I'm taking you to the police, and Duchess is like, no, you're not, and then he's, like, bringing Duchess outside, and Billy shows up, he's like, this is my moment, I'm the sidekick, and this is when I save the hero, aka his brother. But that does not work out right because it startles Emmett. Duchess gets away, brings Billy into the house, locks the door behind him, and then brings him like into the safe and is like talking crazy. And Billy is like freaking out and then runs away. And then Duchess grabs a rifle. He breaks the glass and grabs the rifle in the study where everything is. And then Emmett breaks into the house and they're like, there's a standoff and then Billy's hiding. He comes out and he's like, Duchess won't shoot me because he doesn't know how to read. And we're like, what? What does that have to do with why he won't shoot you? But it's startled. And they also say he doesn't know how to swim and it startles Duchess. So he's like off center. Emmett's able to get the rifle, hits him in the back of the head with the rifle, knocks him out. Billy's like, oh, by the way, when you and Duchess were like fighting outside or whatever, I came in and I opened the safe. It only took me six tries. And it was like the date of like the Emancipation Proclamation or something like that because Willie's great grandfather was like obsessed with it. That was like a minor story plot earlier. And they find this letter that Willie wrote before he died that basically says like, I'm leaving my trust before split evenly between Duchess, Willie, and Emmett. No, what? Duchess, Billy, and Emmett. And so Emmett and Billy decide to take their share and then they like decide to leave Duchess there with his share and they put him out in a boat in the middle of the lake because Duchess can't swim this will slow him down from following them and blah 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 and then they leave they pick up Sally and they start their trip to California however the last chapter is a chapter from Duchess's point of view he wakes up he's in the boat he's got the money and he kind of realizes what happened so he can't swim so he's trying to paddle himself right back to the shore but the wind picks up and it's blowing the money out of the boat now he can't be losing that money so he goes to grab it he ends up falling out and i think the boat ends up like coming on top of where he is and he dies and that's the end that was the end everybody now i don't think that was a particularly Actually, you know what? That was about a 12-minute plot summary, which is not bad since this was a 580-page book. 
So you know what? That was like two minutes for every 100 pages. I feel accomplished. So anyways, let's get into the discussion section. And typically, if I have things to say about the ending, I'd like to start there. But we're not doing that today. Like my section called, let's begin at the end. No, we're not. I think I'm going to save the end for last. Shocking. Truly shocking. Because you know, I say the end in the the plot summary and then I'm like, I need to talk about it immediately. But not today. Today, I want to start out with the format of the book. So I've already said it was really long. And the whole thing is that I didn't know how long it was when I picked it up. If you're familiar with Book of the Month, not sponsored, however, would love to sponsor them because I do love their service. Anyways, if you're familiar with them, they have kind of like four, when you decide to pick a book, they have like four sort of like emoji, like little things that describe the book. And then they'll also say if there's any trigger warnings, which I'll talk about as well. And like, if the book is long, they'll say like 400 plus pages. So I thought it was gonna be like a 450 page book, no. They should have changed that to say 500 plus pages. Now, maybe I wouldn't have picked it up then, and that's kind of sad because this was one of my faves that I've read this year so far, but I just felt very unprepared for the length, so I'm preparing you for that length, but even though it's so long, I mean, it actually took me probably two weeks to read it. However, there was like a span of five days where I didn't pick it up. No, probably four days where I didn't pick it up. Even though it's long, it read quick-ish. So like I said earlier in the podcast that this is like the next great American novel. So it has like sort of literary writing how or like prose, I feel like is what people will say, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't something that you had like, I feel like when you think about American novels, it's like the Scarlet Letter or like, you know, things like or just like classic literature, like the Tale of Two Cities, like whatever, like that stuff is hard to read because of the language and it just takes forever. And even though this was really long, it wasn't a hard read in that like, I wasn't like, what's going on? It didn't take me like five minutes to read a page, things like that. So it's a very manageable read, even though it is long. So don't let the length stop you from picking it up. But it was formatted in kind of an interesting way. The first thing I noticed is that there's no quotation marks. So typically when there's dialogue, it is set off with quotation marks, right? However, in this book, it was set off by dashes. The beginning of the paragraph, there would be a dash. Also, what was confusing about that is there wasn't an end dash. It would just be like dash and then there would be like part of the conversation and then it would say like, then there'd be a comma and it'd be like said so and so and then there'd be another comma and it would pick up with more dialogue so it was kind of confusingly written like that i'm not sure why i don't actually know why that choice was made if i was going to guess if we were putting on my english major hat and i had to guess i would say it had would probably have to do with the storytelling theme and nature of this story which is something that i was going to talk about later but we're throwing it in right here and that the whole kind of like stories framed around storytelling. I mentioned Billy's adventure book a lot. And like he talks for the chapter 25 is why. And it's for you, for you to write your own story. And Billy keeps talking about why he hasn't started it yet. He wants to start it in media res, which means in the middle, a lot of great stories are told that way. They don't start at the very beginning. They start somewhere in the middle. And, and, In the last part of the book, Billy writes down his story and he starts it where this book starts. 
And so like in my mind, a lot of it is about storytelling. We're seeing the stories. We're talking about great adventurers. The characters are on a great adventure. And in my mind, the reason to use the dashes instead of quotations is this idea of oral storytelling. And that if I would tell a story out loud, like I'm doing right now, there's no quotation marks. Punctuation does not exist orally. It's just not a thing. Like, I, when I speak, I don't say something like, blah, 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 period, or so-and-so, however, semicolon, however, comma. Although me and my friends do say that sometimes. You don't say that typically. You're not like, quotation mark, I said, blah, 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 end quotation mark. That's not what you say in real life. So, like, in my mind, the reason why it would be that way is that this is an oral telling of the story, but it's written, so there's no quotation marks. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I didn't really look up any... I read like one NPR review of it, but it doesn't really talk about it. I didn't really look at a lot of reviews and I haven't seen any on Bookstagram or on Booktube or anything like that yet. I think part of it is that it's just long. It's taking people to get through it. And this is the beginning of November. I'm recording this. My favorite Booktubers have not posted their wrap-up videos for October. However, I don't think they read this book, but they should because it's good. Anyways, so that was kind of an interesting thing. Also, in there were multiple point of views. So there was like so many. The two main point of views were Emmett and Duchess, which makes sense because they're kind of the two main characters. That is then followed by Wooly, who also has a lot of his own narration chapters. Then there are a few other ones. Billy actually doesn't narrate any chapters until the last two sections of the book. So the book is broke broken down into sections where like it's a countdown so it starts with 10 and then the next it then there's like some chapters and then it'll be nine and the countdown is days so it's counting down to one it doesn't count down to zero which is kind of interesting but anyways and so billy doesn't have any chapters until the two and the one section so the very end of the book we also have chapters from ulysses who i mentioned earlier as well as um, some chapters from Sally, just a few, and a few, two chapters from the pastor guy who tried to attack Billy, and um, one chapter from the professor that wrote Billy's book, um, kind of about him going on his own adventure. So really, we're, this whole book is about adventures and storytelling. But anyways, in Wooly's chapters, when he talks about his brother-in-law, Dennis, that I mentioned earlier, he always writes Dennis in quotation marks, as if Dennis isn't his name, as if he's not a real person. It's very interesting. He loves his sister, Sarah, does not like Dennis. I don't know what it's about, but I kind of was here for it, but it also confused me, but whatever. And so that's mostly what I wanted to talk about for the formatting. I mean, the countdown, like if you read like NPR, like like New York Times or whatever reviews, it'd be like the countdown It's like keeping you guessing like what's going on, like blah, blah, blah about like the days. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, okay, it's a countdown of the days. To me, it's more of like it helped me like block off the sections of the book into the different days. A lot of stuff happens in 10 days, which is kind of crazy. And like I do get it. Part of it is it does build suspense, like what's going to happen on the last day. We don't know until we get there. And when we did get there, I would never have guessed that's how it went down. But we'll get to that that later. I feel like I've kind of talked a lot about it being an adventure story. So I'm going to skip that. And I'm going to go into the trigger warning as a spoiler. 
plot point that I want to make. So basically, when I unbook the month, they give you trigger warnings as well, which is great because people need those. And so there was a trigger warning for suicide. And I also gave you that trigger warning at the beginning. But sometimes my issue with trigger warnings is that like, if you don't need the trigger warning, it tends to act as a spoiler. I've talked about this before. I can't remember what book. Oh, you know what book it was? The Love Hypothesis. I talked about it in that book by Ellie Hazelwood. If you like romance, you need to go check that book out. It was amazing. Anyways, so this one also, it was the same thing because the suicide doesn't happen until the last like maybe 80 pages of the 580 page book. So you're kind of waiting for it throughout. However, when we're told Duchess's backstory, what ended up happening is one of his father's friends commits suicide and he is the one to find the body. And then they plant, the dad steals something from the body. And then when the police are like, where is it? The dad puts it on him and they find it on him. And then he gets sent to juvie, which interestingly, all of them got sent to this place in Kansas, even though none of them lived in Kansas. So I don't know what that's about. Cause I feel like nowadays you get sent to a place in your own state, but who knows? Maybe it was different back in 1954 or 52. Cause that's probably when they got sent there, 53. Anyways. So when I got to that point, that was about a little after halfway through the book. I was like, okay, maybe this is what the trigger warning was for. However, it didn't seem like serious enough to warrant the trigger warning and that it was just kind of like I found the body and then I got like sent to juvie. Not really in depth. Like when we get to Wooly's part at the end, we see him taking the pills and like laying in bed and you realize that he's committing suicide. And it was like, extremely shocking to me but at the same time made sense for his characterization because there's just so many times that you're like well they talk about Wooly having to take his medicine and like his medicine his drugs basically like throughout and like whatever and like him being nobody says he's like too pure for this world but like basically this idea and that he still has this child wonder and like his fate, the beginning of the most perfect day, which is the day before he commits suicide, he starts it off at his favorite place in this toy store, looking at this toy house and like things like that. And so like, in a way, it made sense because he was clearly in some sort of suffering if he could not live without being um, on his drugs. However, it was still shocking to me. And so like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have trigger warnings. Obviously, I'm not saying that. They're very important. However, They can also really act as spoilers in that, like, it didn't spoil it in that, like, I was like, okay, which character is going to commit suicide as I was reading it? However, in the back of my mind, for, like, 400, 500 pages, I'm like, okay, what's going on? I know that this is going to happen. And it, like, also, I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but, like, my grandmother recently passed away in the middle of me reading this book, and I knew that something like that was going... I mean, she didn't commit suicide, but like I knew death was going to happen at some point. So like it stopped me from like picking up this book for a few days because I was worried about like that sort of thing going on. But like, I don't know. So all of this is to say is that while trigger warnings are necessary and helpful, they can also act as spoilers and keep me like thinking about something that's going to happen in the book but not knowing when it's going to happen. I don't know how you solve that issue because you can't just get rid of them. I mean, I guess the 
what it would be is that I would just not read the trigger warnings, but sometimes I think they're necessary to read because you don't know what is what it's going to be. I don't know. But let's move on because I still have a lot to say and I'm 28 minutes into this recording. And I want to talk about Emmett and Duchess in particular. While all of the characters are interesting and I could literally spend a lot of time talking about all of them, I want to talk about the two of them in particular before I go into what I think happens next and talking about the ending. Emmett was my personal favorite character and I think that's because I personally related to him the most. I will say there were not a lot of female characters in this book and the ones that we did have, we had Sarah who was kind of like the 1950s housewife, like kind of depressed. Not that applicable to me, but like also I get it. And we had Sally who was like pretty kick-ass. I did enjoy Sally, but she also wasn't around that much. And yeah, so not a lot of women, but Emmett, pretty cool dude. Basically, I respected Emmett. And the whole thing throughout was that Duchess keeps saying like, you're gonna like, you and Billy are gonna come and we're gonna steal this money. And Emmett's like, no. I'm not going to do that, which is kind of ironic because in the end they do, or he does, but like he's very much like what I appreciated about Emmett is that he was very much a stand-up guy. Yes, he did accidentally kill someone. However, he did not mean to. He served his time. He paid his penance and he was moving on with his life. He was never going to do that again. Throughout the book, it talks about him always prom he promised Billy he would always count to 10 before he ever hit somebody again and so at the end he does that before he hits Duchess with the rifle instead of you know shooting him and killing him because you know he almost killed his brother could have shot Billy really Duchess was very unhinged at the end of this book I I would have I wouldn't put him past him to shoot someone just saying he would have done it because he was so obsessed with this money that he didn't even care that Wooly died basically like at the end, he does find Wooly's body and he ends up just like moving his hand up to be like crossed around his chest instead of like dangling down the bed. But he doesn't like think like, I should call somebody about this. I should go to the police. I should let his family know. He's like, I'm so obsessed with opening the safe. And it was like basically what Townhouse said that he gets tunnel vision. Now I'm talking about Duchess, whatever. He gets tunnel vision. He like sees what he, he wants and, like, nobody else matters. Like, people get hurt because he's not paying attention. He only can pay attention to the one thing that he wants, that he needs. And Duchess was a character that I constantly, like, I didn't like him. And then something would happen. I'd be like, you know what? Duchess is okay. He's kind of growing on me. And then immediately he would do something. And I'd be like, actually, I can't stand Duchess. For example, like, he, um, at first when he's like settling the debt with townhouse, I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, whatever. This is a little fight club extreme, but whatever. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm giving Emmett's car away. That is not your car to give away. I was so pissed. I literally, I was on the plane on my way home and I had to like close the book and I did not open it back up until Sunday night, five days later. So that's how it be. So like Duchess constantly was doing things like that. And like when he brought Billy to the Empire State Building to meet the professor, but he actually didn't think the professor was there. He was just trying to like stamp on him. I was not about it. I was like, Duchess, Billy is eight years old. I get that his constant questions are annoying. I get that him talking about his adventurers as if he knows everything is annoying. However, he is eight years old. He is a child. Children be like that. Leave him alone. Don't be crushing his dreams and his innocence and then maybe potentially going to shoot him at the end of this book. Hmm. Hmm. Don't do that. 
do not do that. I don't play. I don't play with you, Duchess. And so at the end, Duchess ends up dying, which was shocking to me because I did not expect that. I, like, for some reason thought he was going to, like, go to jail at the end because I had, like, flipped to see how long it was and I, like, misread one of the things at the end, which I always do this to myself. And I was like, oh, my God, like, Emmett's going to, like, put him in jail, basically, which would make sense because he kind of deserves to be there after he, like, beat up these different people. And, yeah, they were not good people, but we cannot go around beating people up, okay? This is not the purge. This is not, like or whatever that's called. Is it called the, what is that called where there's like the 24 hours where nothing's illegal and you can do everything? I don't know what that's called, but I hope you know what I'm talking about. We can't just go around like hitting people with pans and baseball bats and things like that. Okay. We can't do that. But I did not expect him to fall out of the boat and then die. Really was shocking, which kind of leads me into this last point. Because, like, basically what I want to say, Emmett's cool, I respect him, I respect his morals and the fact that he's dedicated to his brother and he's going for it. But let's talk about what do I see happening next because the book ends with them leaving with this money and then Duchess dying with the money. We don't know what happens next. I like to think that Emmett and Billy and also Sally, because Sally's like, I'm not going back to Nebraska where I have to cook for my dad and clean for my dad and live my life basically as an unpaid servant. I don't want to take care of people. And at one point, there's this whole thing where uh, we thought Sally was into Emmett and wanted to marry him. And Sally's like, no, I want to go to California, but I don't want to be your wife. I don't want to take care of other men right now. I just want to take care of my own house. I'm like, you go, Sally. So Sally's on her way to California with them as well. Loki, I think that they're not going to get married. However, I do think that maybe they might live in the same house at first or like somewhere close by and they still remain connected because Sally loves Billy as like a little brother and her and Emmett have some sort of friendship relationship as well. So I think that they would stick together. However, the police are going to show up at some point because they truly are, okay? There's a lot of things that are leading them there and when Willie doesn't show up back at the detention center or anywhere else... And the whole thing is they had to get to the Adrian Acts before 4th of July because that's when the entire family shows up to spend a few weeks there for summer and to celebrate the 4th of July. Someone's going to find Willie's body. Now, it's pretty clear that he committed suicide because the note was left. So this is like the whole thing that confuses me. So Emma ends up taking the pill bottle because it was Sister Sarah's and he doesn't want her to feel guilty about everything that went on because it was kind of unclear if she had left that medicine there specifically for Wooly like she gets the prescription but gives it to him or if she had just left it there and Wooly grabbed it to be honest I'm not clear on which happened and so like I feel like they'll be able like I did they have autopsies in 1954 I don't know a toxicology I'm not sure but I feel like they'll be able to tell that it was probably a suicide I don't know how else a young man dies without any marks on him like that unless he's poisoned or something like that but the question is did Emmett and Billy take the note in which Wooly leaves his trust to them because they had like set the house up to make it seem like Wooly went there by himself to die and that like basically like nobody else had been there and like the they don't the police I don't know but now the whole thing was Duchess was not supposed to die. He was supposed to paddle back to the shore and leave because he had a different car there. So he could have left. 
However, Duchess does die. So eventually when they show up, Duchess's body is going to be there with money. They're going to realize that the safe is empty. And if they're smart, unless all the money blew away from Duchess, except for some of it, they'll think, they'll know that Duchess doesn't have all of it. So somebody else must have the other two thirds. Who else could it be? Hmm, it must be the other people that was with Wooly when that happened. So that concerns me for Emmett and Billy's future because I want them to make it to California and live their lives and flip their houses and have their own adventures that don't involve crazy illegal things like this, okay? And so, like, I do wonder exactly what will happen. I wonder if they'll be able to track him down. Emmett's car is now bright yellow instead of light blue like it was at the beginning, which is not, you know, um, inconspicuous. And did they have the ability to track license plates in the 1950s? I don't know. But if they do, that does not bode well for him. And while they can't get Emmett on, like, any of... Duchess is now dead. So, like, but they can't get Emmett on any of these beatings and things like that because he has witnesses that know he wasn't there at those times. So, they're able to do that. But stealing this much money is definitely also illegal. And he has a record, so I feel like he'd be going to jail for a long time. I really, truly hope that that does not happen to him. That would be very upsetting very sad. So I like to think that what happens next is they make it to California and they live their lives and it's great and they never get arrested. Maybe they find their mom, maybe they don't. I don't really care about that. I think that Billy would want to, but I think it would be nearly impossible for them to actually find her. So with that, I need to close it out because I am really running down the wire on this, but this was a long book. It deserved, honestly, it probably deserved more discussion than I gave it here because I truly think that you could write an essay about this. I think they could read this in high school English classes if it wasn't so long and write some very interesting, intriguing essays. And maybe one day they will. And I would be about it. I think it's, I think it's a good one. However, I have a self-imposed time deadline on these podcast episodes and I have run up to the end of it. So I must say goodbye to all of you. Next week... I don't know what book I'm going to be talking about to you. What I'm reading right now is The Power by Naomi Alderman. And if you remember, I joined a book club recently, and this is the November book club pick. However, I don't know if that would be the episode you hear next, because I'm not going to record that until after I go to book club, which will be a week after I finish the book. So I don't know. In the meantime, you can go check out my Instagram at I read a book once blog. DM me your thoughts, feelings, opinions about this book, this podcast, this episode, and also give me a follow because I would love you forever. Also, you can email me at iReadabookOnceBlog at gmail.com or check out my now-defunct website, iReadabookOnceBlog.com. I don't post on there anymore, but it exists. Finally, please, 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 please subscribe, like, and review my podcast or rate my podcast. I don't think you can like podcasts. Well, I mean, you like it in general, but I don't think you like it as a verb. I don't know if that makes any sense. Anyways, please do that. I would really appreciate it. It would help other people find it, and that would make me really happy. So this was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and I'll catch you guys next time.